Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian's Untitled Scene Show. This is very cool and probably going to be very crazy because right now, spread across Massachusetts, New York, and New Jersey, I have all the members of Seforcer. So, guys, one second here. We're going to go <laughs> through, basically, and I'm going to introduce you one by one. So, we'll start out with Quay. How you doing, man? I'm all right, man. There we How go. are you? Not too bad, not too bad. We'll see how this goes. So now we've got Bryce. Bryce, how you doing? How are you? That was sick. <laughs> that was sick. Did all you, all you heard was motorcycle? <laughs> that was the best intro that has ever been on this show. <laughs> that was incredible. And look, last but not least, Let's also introduce Matt. Matt, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having us. Wait, no motorcycle sound? Nothing? Um, I'm in a I'm in a underground bunker. <laughs> I do bunker right. style for podcast. Oh, that was nice, fantastic. Dude. That was fantastic. <laughs> All right. So I have to let me clear this up right away. Now we've been playing on Discord for the last like 30 minutes or so trying to get this right. So I, like I mentioned to everyone listening, just know. All four of us are in a different room, you know, five, six, seven hours away or so. So I'm going to try and not have everyone talk at the same time. But I do want to check right away. And whoever wants to take this can take this. But did I say the name of the band right? Seforcer. Yes. Yes, you did. Thank you so much. You're like the only person to ever get it right. Well, by the way, the only reason why I did get it right is because you guys literally on my Facebook page, showed me how to phonetically actually oh, do yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> it took me four years to figure out how to do that. So I appreciate the help. I really do. It really <laughs> so, like, technically, you're you're supposed to technically say the word, like, say for say, because it is say. French. Yes. But we just kind of go with Seforcer because, I mean... We're lazy, and it's that sounds way too close to like croissant. (laughs) (laughs) I think they just said croissant a few times, like yeah, right. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Look, I didn't want the audience to know right away that you had chosen a French name. I didn't want to start off on a bad foot. (laughs) (laughs) I I respect this. Thank you, thank you. Well, look. Yeah, Corey, that's why you got to lean into it when he figures it out. Yes, yes. I finally <laughs> I finally got it. I appreciate the help on that. But I guess, really, I, I never really do get to ask this question, but what was the meaning behind it? Like, I know what the meaning of the word is because I did my research, but what was the reason why you guys decided on that? Because I would assume I'm not the only one, like you said, to not get it right for so long. So that must be relatively frustrating to you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, so the meaning behind Seforcer is strive, but I would lie to you if I told you that's why I picked it. <laughs> uh, we kind of, back when we were really young, when we started this band, uh, we went into Google Translator and typed in a bunch of things we thought sounded cool. And that's what I came up with. So that's how we got it, really. Wow. <laughs> so let me ask then, do you remember back far enough to remember what the second and third place name were? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I can tell you. Okay. Some other translation. It just didn't make the cut. Okay. All right, I had to I had to check, but now to show also how stupid I am. I know a ton about music, but I am terrible apparently, even with having a podcast for so long. I'm terrible at pronunciation, pronounce, see? I said pronunciation instead of pronunciation. So right there there's an issue. But I had to ask I had to ask Quay how to say his name as well. And I just wonder does everyone else mess that up or am I just a fucking idiot? No, I did that the no. first I met Quay oh. only a year ago and I had to ask him if that was his full name and how to say it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of people it's it's always a mix. Like it's either people just don't know how to say it or they don't believe that. So like it kind of you're you're definitely not the only one. Okay. It, it, I mean honestly some people have like outrightly like said my name wrong. 
like I'll never one person thought you said Quay is Koi, like K O Y. Okay. And I I don't know where, how that happens, but that that has been a thing. So no, you're you're actually right on the money. Okay, and I had to I have to let everyone know though. I have to be honest. I did originally look it up on Google, and besides Quay, like a K W A Y, <laughs> it also comes up as Key as well. And yep. I was super embarrassed when I asked you about it because that's obviously completely wrong. <laughs> no, um, a key is like technically where you would park your boat. So like it, it's, I, I think, okay, I think that's pretty much what it is. It's like a dot. <laughs> so I mean. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> so dockside Marriott worker. Wow. this is a very fun conversation already this i hope i hope this translates i hope this translates to people of how much fun this is all right so i think the first part that we need to get into obviously we need to we've done the introductions i know how to say quay i know how to say bryce and i know how to say matt so i'm at least impressed with myself on that one so I first want to congratulate you guys. Yeah, thank you. I want to congratulate you guys on signing with We Are Triumphant. And then the big news that we have is that obviously this show, because I'll have to go through and edit out, you know, some blank parts and stuff, this will be out after the new EP drops on Friday. Lifeless is coming out this Friday. So I just want to say congratulations on both and i just want to go through we'll go through the list we'll start with quay how are you guys feeling at this moment about the release very it's a mix between ecstatic and nervous okay um ecstatic in the sense of like literally the last year of our collective lives has been obsessed with this album and just getting it out it's been a huge hurry up and wait game for a year and we've been sitting on this for literally that whole duration and it is it's exciting to be able to finally be able to be like hey yeah you know this is what we worked on this is what we've been spending our time on and it's also nerve-wracking at the same time because you know you have to anticipate that there's not always going to be that positive reception and um i mean i i absolutely anticipate it um but i mean the nervousness is definitely overshadowed by the, you know, amount of just excitement that I have. But um, that's that's definitely where I'm at personally. I'm sure that as the week progresses, I'll get a little bit more nervous. Yeah. Um, and but hopefully it's all for no reason and it all just works out really well. I think it will. Right. But there you go. Well, what about you, Bryce? How are you feeling? Well, I feel pretty good. I'm ready to get this baby out. Show these people some new tunes and move on to the next stuff. Nice. Nice. I like that attitude. (laughs) (laughs) On to the next one. (laughs) Is that how you're feeling about your drinks as well? Yes. Very much so. (laughs) What about you, Matt? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm like, I'm right in between both of them. You know, I, I'm so excited that it's, um, you know, the day is finally here for this. Like Quay said, we've we've said hurry up and wait a million times to ourselves and to each other over the last year yeah. in so many steps, you know, just like, oh, we need the money to pay for this, but we're waiting for this. And then, but we need this to move on to this stage. You know, you know in so many small steps and so many big steps, it was just like, okay, hurry up and wait. Okay, hurry up over here. All right, okay, now we're going to wait here, you know? Okay, gotcha. But it's like, it, it's it feels good it feels more of like an autonomous almost like job like almost that like this is um uh like this is this is the way it, it's going to continue to be as far as writing and and the way that we uh release things on on a schedule and go about i don't know just continuing down more releases and everything i'm, I'm just so excited that this is the first part of it and that it feels it feels so fulfilling already as it does very cool very cool well Let's let's talk about I want to hit on some of that as well, but let's talk about the process then. So did you guys get together, record the EP and then shop it around so that you could get a record label interested? Because you said you had to sit on it for a while. So is that mm-hmm. kind of the process that you were going through? Ish. Yeah. Uh, so the writing, I would say like 
we'll just say let's start with the writing process. The writing has been taking place throughout the last probably about a year and a half, probably shortly after our our first if pro length came out. Yeah, because yeah, I would say about a year after Survive Discovery came out. Okay. All which right. is that is probably when the first started working on the you know early songs and whatnot, which there were there's a lot of songs that have been swapped in and out that were supposed to be on it and you know, just didn't make the cut out of what we thought was like the best out of the material we had. Um, but in that process, uh the songs that we knew were solid, um, yeah, we we definitely shot them around and after you know, talking to our really good friend Cody, who's all who was also our label manager, um yeah. We just found it best in best interest for ourselves that, you know, we could, uh, well, we are trying could help us and we could help them out. I mean, you know, in a mutual, mutual relationship, uh, and it just thought it was the best fit for our new music. Yeah. And by the way, for anyone that doesn't know Cody, Cody's also in the band Ascent Like Wolves, who have been on the show before as well. So that's kind of the connection there. Mm-hmm. Just a little backstory about this show. And we do it from time to time still, but when we used to do a weekly review show, we actually reviewed Survive Discover originally. And that's when we really started to enjoy the band and you know paid attention to when new releases were coming out. So it's very cool to be able to talk about Lifeless right now because of all the changes that you guys have gone through from you know 2017 now into 2020, because it is a different band. You also have the brand new We Are Triumphant contract and everything, and now you've got the new EP. So that that process that you guys went through there, you said you started record or sorry, started writing earlier. How long did it take you to record this? The recording process was actually really good. Um, it was really easy. So once over that writing process, once we knew the songs that would make the cuts. Uh, so basically like all the, all the songs that were kept were recorded by myself, um, which would have like just demoed drums and stuff, nothing too solid. But as far as like the guitar parts, backing instruments, um, some vocal concepts here and there, uh, I had those finished between that writing process that we talked about, but really we went to our friend Charles, who was previously in the band. He, he used to be our rhythm guitarist, uh, he went um he went and moved on and out of uh, instead of being in bands he wanted to work with bands as far as recording uh you know production uh releasing and whatnot so we actually went to him to record uh, which that only took probably about a month probably, probably about a month month and a half of actual tracking with him and then probably about a, a month of tracking uh Whatever, because we I think we only did instrumentals with him, and then we did everything else with uh, graphic nature, which that only took took about a month for us to nail out. So it was the recording process was actually really good. It was really yeah. Easy. Honestly, it was actually only like a day per song that you guys had to be down here to be doing vocals because yeah. you were just doing vocals at the studio. So really, it was more like a week of up to you know eight hour sessions a full day, and uh, oh, yeah, all the yeah. instrumentals were done otherwise. Um, yeah, we honestly, I'm really proud of how easy we make this on ourselves because I, the recording and and songwriting process, well, not so much songwriting because I enjoy that, but that culminating process of sorting through everything and figuring out what's going to be final and then actually producing that final product, like you're finally getting into microphones and and parts and everything. Yeah, that honestly, that's that drives me crazy. Um, I like, I I just want to, I kind of just want to know what's going on. And, and be prepared to play it at this point. That's kind of where I'm at. So since we don't uh, actually live near each other and drum production is arguably the most cumbersome and lengthy and, pr- and expensive process, yeah. uh, the drums the drums on Lifeless are done like MIDI program-wise, which were all written by Charles and I. Oh. So that, yeah, I mean, it actually sounds, it sounds amazing. Yeah. And that's another reason why we went to Matt because Matt uh, Matt at Graphic Nature is a fantastic drummer himself. He's filled in for the Acacia strain on about three tours and, and spite yeah. as well. And he oh, just, wow. Oh yeah. He just, he knows his stuff, man. So he really made that sound phenomenal. And, um, yeah, so that, and then for me on the back end, you know, whenever I'm writing a song anyway, I always start MIDI wise anyway, because for me, I'm looking at the grid and uh, drumming wise, I'm always thinking about the grid in my head playing, you know, like not, 
I don't know, I don't know if, if grid is too abstract, but basically like no, all the I notes kind of fit in, in the tempo pattern or whatever, you know, right. yeah, rhythm yeah. you're, you're setting up. So, um, having that laid out ahead of me to learn, uh, like ahead of time, which is how I would learn it anyway, is even better when it's concrete on the record like that, because a hundred percent, no matter, no matter how many times I practice something, when I sit down to play it, naturally I play it different every time, you know, fill here or a symbol here, yada. Sure. So just having everything streamlined and me and having me know what the skeleton is of what I should be playing for all these songs after the fact, like that makes that process so much easier. Right. Uh, just getting, you know, we really made it a, a streamlined process for us and it sounds so great. Very cool. Yeah, it, it definitely does. So if you've got drums set up like that, Bryce, how did guitar go for you? Did you guys have everything set up before you went in studio? yeah that's uh so so basically what the process would be like for guitars uh i would track everything in my house and then we just use it as templates uh we go over to uh, charles house and we would just retrack everything you know fresh strings how you would do it if you're putting it as a, a solid basically and um it was really it's just super easy honestly wow. so like i said we had the templates to work out of so you know, we'd we we get through a song. It probably about we probably do a song a day, uh, between uh strings. Right. Just because there wasn't a lot of a lot of rewrite. I mean there we do we we do rewrites and stuff every now and then, but as far as uh the whole takes go, I mean everything's basically done. You just gotta do the do the final tracking, you know, rather than uh, you know, use the demos and whatnot. Okay. All right. So then Quay, does that mean that when you come in you have all of your structures basically or relatively down. You have your lyric structures. You have how you want to scream, you know, what type of, you know, unclean vocals you're going to do or screaming, you know, however you want to say it. You have all that set as you go into studio? So, yes. Yeah. Uh, the majority of the time there's been, I only think there's only been like one or two instances where I went in and I actually had to like do some revisions like in studio. Um, but most of the time, once Matt has his drums done or, uh, at least close to done, I, I, I like to think him and I kind of like, uh, collectively collaborate as far as like what accents will go where when it comes to like drums and whatnot. Cause sometimes the way that I write, I actually write more so to the drums oh. than I do any other instrument. And so a lot of the, uh, a lot of like the vocal flows that I'll use and a lot of like the progressions that I'll use, it's all based on the tempo of the drums or like where the snare is hitting. Most of the time I'm writing more in line with, uh, I guess the drums as a whole more so than I am the guitars. Wow. Um, but so realistically, once I have all of Matt's stuff and then I have a good bit or the, if not the majority of what Bryce writes, by that time, I'm pretty much good to go and I can actually start formulating something. So then by wow. the time we get into studio, you know, Bryce and I have both already like gone over this song at 10 or 11 times at, by this point. We know what we want to do. We know we kind of get the direction as to where we're going to push it. And that's kind of how that whole thing works out. It's actually it's super easy for me. They do all the hard shit. You know, <laughs> I just kind of sit back and wait for it and then it's like all right well i get to put sounds you're telling me i still don't have the easiest deal that i could have that's what you're telling me <laughs> I, mean, I mean you guys are welcome <laughs> yeah. See, I love, that's what i'm talking that's why i'm saying it's so easy bryce comes with a full song and he has the, he already has a mind of the drum so i know where it's going and it's just so much easier to just wow. have it i just yeah wow that's really i mean i think you guys are pretty unique with how you set things up. I don't know if I've ever heard that kind of direction coming where it's a lot of it's based on that initial writing, then drums and vocals. So what about, do you guys get together for songwriting and lyrics as well? Or Quay, is, is that kind of your thing? Um, it's, it's pretty, it's, so for the most part, it's my thing. Um, but Bryce and I definitely collaborate subject wise. Okay. Um, like on lifeless in particular, um, there are two tracks that he had very heavy input on and they're the two that, uh, you know, he, they're the two that he definitely spent the most time kind of crafting. And it was kind of like, um, he, he had a vision for the songs. He expressed that to me and him and I kind of like found this nice little middle ground where I could incorporate my perspective 
to whatever his ideas were. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, we've been, obviously we started joking around. Now we've gotten really serious and technical, but I think one of the, one of the big things about this EP lifeless is, and, and also you can go back to your previous music and go back to survive, discover, and, and even before that. But it seems like those lyrics are, are, I mean, besides the music itself being very technical, the lyrics also are very in-depth, and you guys are dealing with subject matter that not every band, especially in the scene, are dealing with. So the question would be, you know, if Bryce is having a hand in the subject matter and you guys are going back and forth, how do you decide on what type of topics you want to actually cover on an album or an EP? Um, it kind of, it definitely varies upon where we're at during the writing process. Um, like I'll be that, you know, where we're at mentally or just where we're at in a position in our lives, what we're experiencing. So like, I I hope you're not experiencing a lot of the things that were going on in the CP. Oh, well, I mean, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say experiencing personally necessarily, but I mean, close enough to where like, you know, we're reading about these things and you know, it's, it's definitely, um, I don't know, man, like it's, it's, it's kind of just miserable. Uh, looking at a lot of these things that are kind of just swept under the rug. So a lot of the time, what we'll do, or what I'll do anyway, is like uh, whenever a subject is presented or, you know, something that Bryce is passionate about or something even that I'm passionate about, um, what I like to do is look really deep into these subjects. And I mean, like, I'll sit at my computer for hours. I will watch days upon days of documentaries um that's Uh, what i did for 72 hours actually um just like overloading myself with all of this information and then i try to kind of incorporate if not an entirely different element then incorporate a way to see these things through a perspective that uh, um i don't like to use the term dumbed down but like you know in a way that's uh presentable and that's easily digestible right you know what i mean um so you need the message to translate basically yes yes so realistically you could say that what we choose to write about usually lies either directly in the middle ground between like the initial subject that was presented and what i may find through research or it literally just lies right there where kind of Bryce says he gets the inspiration from or where I say I get the inspiration from. And of course, like there's that collective input, like the way that that whole thing works, like, well, what it kind of works kind of like, well, why don't we do something like this, you know, present this idea, that idea. And once we all find a mutual middle ground or something that we can really vibe with, that's when we push forward with the actual, uh, you know, lyricism and getting everything put down onto paper and getting the vocal structures formed and etc. Okay. So that's very that's very interesting. I would follow up that then and say so when you talk about these subjects or or sing about them, put them to music, is it a cathartic experience for you guys when you play them or is it more to get attention on the current issue? that you're kind of dealing with. And I think, I don't know, that might be a separate answer for all three of you. It might be the same, but if someone wants to take that, I'd be interested to hear how you all feel on that. I mean, either of you guys? I would describe it. Yeah, you could, you could say cathartic, cathartic in a way. Um, All of us are very heavy, heavy advocates of just um, trying to, be empathetic and just trying to put ourselves in another person's shoes. Um, I like to think all of us are very passionate about mental health and we're all passionate about humanity's success as a whole. And that's, that's everybody that's, you know, not discluding any human being. Right. So in a sense, whenever we write about something heavy, you know, for lack of a better term, it's, um, it can be absolutely very cathartic, um, in that it's, it's really about reminding somebody that maybe they're, that they're not the only person going through what they're going through. Right. Um, they're not the only individual that 
is struggling and suffering and there are people that genuinely give a shit about where they go in life we like we don't have to know you but we all do collectively care so in a sense cathartic would be a good word to describe how that translates to performing and how that translates to our day-to-day lives um because there there is a form of there is psychological relief for sure and uh providing that environment for an individual who may not be familiar with it right um and yeah okay. yeah i kind of i kind of went on a little bit of a ramble no there, no that's yeah. good yeah, yeah. I, no, no, yeah that's you, a good word that was perfect you summed it yeah it's cathartic in that um the it's represented in the music i hope in the way that we've written it and wanted to express it and hopefully it's getting across um like as a, as an idea but i think the i think the act of like playing it everywhere in so many places i think that's i think that's more attention at the end of the day sure because it's uh i mean cathartic it's it's cathartic in that it's almost like we've created an avenue for understanding but it's it's not that it's solved in our eyes or even solved for anybody else you know what i mean like what he said maybe somebody else is dealing with it in the thick of it right there yeah and you know and so i think i think ultimately he said it perfectly it's a split you know it's cathartic in performance and in and an expression but playing it in so many places and to so many people it feels more i hope that you know i hope they're listening i guess that's what i would say you know i hope they're seeing the the lyrics and and really listening to it right right and i think and you know i'm glad you brought up you know people actually listening to it and connecting to it because i think that would be a big i i guess the way to put it is that's going to be a big difference between your band and a lot of other bands in the scene. I I don't know. I guess the thing would be if I'm trying to, you know, put a question to it, it would be do you think that with the topics that you guys go over and and put forth in your music, do you think that that hinders the popularity of the band because for mm-hmm. instance you're not talking about a relationship with a girl or you're not talking about getting together with your buddies and eating pizza yeah. you know what i mean i think you can answer that yeah i or quick i do and i don't worry about that um so this is it's all it's such like a such a narrow line to walk so to speak you know um like between what people are willing to digest and what people are willing to hear between what they want to hear or what they're willing to put their time into so do i think it'll hinder our progress not not necessarily or at least like not in the way that not in a way that i think would be like uh, detrimentally impacting, so right, to speak. Right. Um, if somebody doesn't want to hear the subjects we write about, I mean, that's that's fine. You know, somebody doesn't want to hear that. It's I, it may just not be their time to hear that. Maybe they'll never agree with it at all. I think what matters to me the most is I did at, at the very least a, a seed or an idea was implanted. You know, they've sure. heard this perspective that they know that that exists whether they refuse whether they choose to take it seriously and apply it to their life you know that's that's entirely on them and that's absolutely their right to do so um but i can't really remember where i was going with that i started drinking now so now i'm kind of uh, yeah man. Woo. Crazy yeah. out of the pocket already. It yeah. took like ten minutes. Um, I would disagree to a certain extent. I, I mean, realistically, I think it. I think it dehinges a little bit because it's almost. Um, I don't want to say it's political, but it's almost politics in a sense. Because if you take bands like, I don't know, another guy hate me for this comparison. Go with it. So, yeah, you I think you're take right. a band like Silent Planet. Yeah, um, they're you. You either you either like what Garrett has to say, or you call him preachy. I feel like there's there's no in between. Sure. So I feel like as far as subject matter and the way we try to express our views, it's kind of similar to sense to where it's like you're either you're either going to be on the side that agrees with us and is open minded about the lyrics and actually care what we have to say about uh, real world topics because that's a lot of what our lyrics are or 
you're on the side that's going to ultimately think we're preachy. And I, I think it does hinder success a little bit. But as a, I think as an artist and as a band, that's when you have to kind of decide, you know, what's, what's more important to you? Do you want, do you want the industry success or do you want the, um, fan relations? You know, do you want, do you want your music to really reach or do you want to really sell? Right. And there's a, there's definitely a fine line of doing that where you can find a middle ground, but you really just have to stick to, you know, what you really believe in, which I would say for the most part with, as far as supporter goes, you know, the glam, the glamour is great, but you know, we, we definitely play this music for a reason, you know, spread a message for sure. Right. And that will eventually, eventually, you know, I'm sure we'll run into walls every now and then when it comes to that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's kind of where I was going with that. Matt, did you want to add anything in there? No, I think I think Bryce and Quay have a very good handle on that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, Bryce pretty much finished everything that I was going to say. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they nailed it. Yeah, you guys did a great job with that, and I I totally agree. I I get what you're saying. I think personally, there's always room for a lot of different styles of music and lyrical content. So for me, I I feel that passion that you guys are putting forward based on not only the styles that you guys choose to put those you know ideas forth with, but then also the topics that you're covering as well. I mean, you look at something like Lost and Found, and it, it breaks your heart. You listen to those lyrics, and you go through the song, and it's, it's yeah, it just, it really does. It's, it's depressing, but it can be hopeful in a way because of how, you know, how the track ends. But I guess the question would also be, so when you're either performing these or you're writing, you know, the lyrics or how you're writing the tone of the track itself, do you guys have to be in a certain mood in order to really put forth everything you want to? I would say yes. More, more so on the yes and a little bit of no. I would say it's not it's not exactly an in-between, but it's more so more so towards yes. Uh for example, uh, you know, Lost and Found, you know, I I would say mainly a lot of that song's contraption and storylines are mainly on my part. Um, when I was thinking of the concept for the song and actually writing the instrumentals, you know, isn't a mix of, you know, what we were seeing, what we were seeing on the news and whatnot, because uh, the song, the song in general is about human trafficking. Um, in a sense, and then, uh, between that, you know, seeing on the news every day and then, you know, going through some personal stuff is, you know, I, I live with my girlfriend who has a daughter and, you know, I basically in the father role for her since her dad's not in the picture anymore. Uh, uh I, th- I kind of like think of those circumstances and it makes you, it makes you sad, yeah, you know, right. yeah, your brain starts to, you know, starts to run around a little bit and that definitely influences uh the writing heavy for sure i guess what i also want to follow up on them with that is when you're looking for topics to sing about or to write about do you have to be in a certain mood as well to get into writing about those specific topics yes my answer would be yes is that weird like is that does that actually take a toll a little bit on your mental health when you have to do something like that Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so whenever, whenever getting into um, a writing process, there's a lot of different artists take a lot of different, use a lot of different methods. Some, some people can literally just sit down at a table and they can just put all of, they can just put these incredible words to paper and they can make it all make so much sense and they can do that so fluidly. Um, me personally, I write through what I feel or what I'm capable of, I guess, really making myself feel. So a lot of the time, a lot of my process when it comes to writing the lyrics is very immersive. And, um, when I say immersive, I mean, I'm just like really just digging deep into a lot of these different subjects and reading so many just sad stories and Uh. that's kind of how i'm able to put myself 
into a mental stasis where I am capable of really writing about these things from a place where, frankly, a lot of the time I didn't even know I could feel from. Okay. You know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. It does absolutely take a mental toll, um, especially if you're doing one right after the other. Um, Lost and Found was written, I believe I started writing that one after 72 hours. And 72 hours being about the subject matter that that song's about, Yeah. Um, that was um, very difficult to sink into in and of itself. And then to add Lost and Found on that, uh, there was definitely a month or so stint there where I was pretty down um pretty consistently and i do i do attribute that to the writing whether or not that's healthy i don't know but (laughs) um yeah like there is absolutely a mental toll that goes into uh the lyrical process for sure wow what about with writing instruments do you guys feel the same way when you're doing that for sure um you know i'm not I'm not mainly a vocalist, so I don't I don't express my feelings through uh, you know through lyrics or whatnot because that's that's just not my uh, repertoire. But as far as uh you know the instruments go, um, my perfect example is for that is go back into the old stuff when I was when I was writing uh, for some stuff off Survive Discover. There's a track on there uh, called Finley, and oh, sure. I actually wrote wrote that song in a very dark place in my life you know and i would say i would say those feelings especially especially when say like quay has a concept already in mind um and and i'm dwelling you know i'm thinking about that and i'm also thinking about my current standings in my own life and i start to relate a little bit more uh it definitely emotions kind of drive drive the you know the melodies and the notes that i'll select or the ones i'll the ones I'll make and it, it for sure. I had a hundred percent agree. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I think, um, uh, for me, uh, it's hard to describe how I envision the writing because, uh, for me, like I said, I start with the MIDI and that's usually how I start from the ground up because, right. um, not only, not only is it there visually, but actually when you have something that's such a perfect representation of what, you want to play it reinforces the muscle memory of your ear to play it correctly and to know what ah. it's going to sound like and how it's going to translate okay. um and so then once that skeleton is there that's when i do want to sit down a- against the song and actually jam it and see what's going to end up being uh just flowing out naturally you know r- with how my hands are moving because you know double tapping to to put in the bass notes on f2 is is whatever like that's math and that's gritting and that's yeah. getting me to where i'm at right now but then when you're finally sitting behind the kit you see where you see where your dynamics come from and everything. And that's really how I would describe it on the drums is uh, the drums aren't pitched as guitar is like, I'm not tuning my toms to notes to create melodies, even though they can achieve those frequencies, so to speak. So it's, it's an unpitched instrument with, without melody for lack right. of a better word. So I find, I find the dynamics, um, I find dynamics and varying speed in general is really how you, is how you do the push and pull and really sink in and out of, of what you're trying to uh trying to accomplish with the part but ultimately i'm i'm really going off of what what bryce has sent me already you know he's really bryce really has a concrete idea of entire song flow regardless of what's final or not that i can i can see where everything is going because if i was doing it part by part i don't know exactly i i don't i don't have i don't i don't have inspiration in the writing as of there because i i want to hear the song i almost want to hear what the song could be to then see where it's going to go from there playing wise. Uh, okay. Yeah. So for me, so for me in the writing thing, it's, it's really, it's really not a click at any stage right there. If I was doing it part by part myself, I don't feel very creative or, or, you know, graceful in, in writing or leading somebody down a path. But when it's already there, I feel like it can enhance it. And that's why I like the drums so much. I think that I think of them more as a texture than as like a virtuoso instrument anymore. Sure. Like really okay. just underlining the parts that should really be accented and not. So when I'm given a song already and, and when Bryce has already done, you know, some of the basic stuff for me, he's letting me know where the song is going. That's where I really, that's where the, that's where the flair can kind of come in and the emotion can kind of come in there, but it, it does happen more so for me in a live sense, always, um, just in a performance, uh, it's, it's, it it always comes out differently, but it's in the dynamics and the speed and, 
and definitely how you're feeling as you're going through the song. Sometimes you're really going to whack the, the shit out of that snare and sometimes <laughs> you're going to miss it every time. Gotcha. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. That's always very interesting. Let me go back to something that I believe Bryce had said. You know, it's hard to compare Seforcer to another band in the scene, but if you look at what a band might do, if they're not doing a concept album, if they're, you know, they're writing a song about whatever the topic happens to be, one of the things they might do is they write it a little bit general or they have a tone or an overall message that they're looking to get out there and people can kind of, you know, they kind of put their own issues or their own whatever they're yeah. working through, their own good parts of their life, whatever it happens to be, they can put that and relate to that song itself. Now, Bryce, you had mentioned that, and I think, Quay, you might have said a similar thing as well, that even though you have a topic that you're discussing, you're also kind of putting things from your own life into that track as well. Do you think that people are able to listen to Lifeless, and even if they're not dealing with something as extreme as the topic happens to be, that they can still relate on a different level based on kind of the feeling that they have that would be a similar type of feeling that you're trying to get across in the track itself. Yeah, I think um, yes. I think there's always something you can pull from it. Either, like, the track, like, 72, you know, it's about the the the, mo- the overall base of the song is about uh, the Hiroshima yeah. and the creation of the atomic bomb, but you can pull things from that, like, the fear, the fear in which people felt from that are uh, the just the overall destruction of uh, humanity in a sense, and that that goes in a lot of different aspects in life when you're breaking down, you know, the human con- the construct. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, there's just so many different things you can put that on uh, as far as uh, defacing humanity goes. Um, there's just there's just so many little there's there's a broad concept which you might not be able to relate yourself to. Uh, but there's definitely the overall tone in which you can, if you allow yourself to feel it, it's going to hit you. And now this is going to sound like a really weird segue, but talking about deconstructing humanity, let's talk about social media for a second. So I'd like to congratulate <laughs> you guys. I was trying to do some research and seeing, you know, hey, what what else has this band been up to? And you guys haven't been on Twitter in almost a year. So I wanted to congratulate you uh, very much on that. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, as far as as mental health goes, that is a good thing. (laughs) So I, I explicitly remember having the conversation when like so so we pretty much did like a whole social media reboot so yeah. to speak like <laughs> roughly a couple like roughly six months ago we kind of decided what we were going to gear ourselves more on what we were going to focus more on and like it was such a collective fuck that yeah. when we started talking about twitter <laughs> we were like all right so we got we got funny on it let's fucking leave it alone like we, we got our Instagram, we got Facebook, we got YouTube, we got all that locked down. But literally, all of us were like, "Yeah, fuck that." Fuck Way that. too much time to run Twitter, man. Like, yep. Yeah, no, God, no. And the reason, so once again, I think that's great. That's my own personal. If I didn't have, if I didn't have podcasts, I would not be on social media. That's that's for sure. So I, I very Good much appreciate for you, that. dude. I yeah. seriously, I, I despise it so much, but. I did want to, something happened on Twitter recently that I thought would be a good topic to go over here. I think I might know your opinions, but it's just, it's nice to hear. And there's this troll, I'm going to call him a troll because I think he doesn't really believe in what he says. I hope he doesn't. But there's some conservative guy over in England, I don't even remember his name, but a lot of, you know, seeing Twitter and stuff were, were sharing, basically he had put out a tweet saying that basically fuck anyone who's doing quote-unquote depressing music because if you're putting out depressing music, you're basically forcing people to kill themselves. And you're getting money based on depressing people and killing them. And that people that do depressing music are frauds and, you know, got died 25 years ago and blah, 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 all this dumb bullshit. 
And then a bunch of, you know, lead vocalists and bands and, you know, they're all like, fuck this guy and whatever. But I think the debate or the discussion is valid in a way. I personally don't believe any of that because for me, and I've talked about this on the show before, when I hear something that would be considered quote unquote depressing, it actually makes me feel better to not know that someone else is going through it. It's not necessarily that, but it's more, I feel like that's more realistic and real life than bubblegum pop music telling me that everything's going to be okay because I've lived a life and I've had plenty mm-hmm. of bad things happen to me and plenty of bad things happen to people around me. So I would rather my music be realistic than something fake. E- even though I love, uh, you know, I love lots of concept albums that, you know, have to deal with fantasy and stuff like that. But I just wanted your guys' opinion on that kind of thing because I think he would technically be talking about you guys, <laughs> I think, in, in a way. So yeah. I just want to get your opinion on how that type of music affects you. Like, because I know, you know, you mentioned it being cathartic itself, but do you get that kind of feeling or do you think that there really is an issue with depressing music with also depressing people? Are you sure you didn't so, pull that off Trapped Officials Twitter? I was going to be like, damn, he got us. He figured us out. Trapped has written some really depressing lyrics, too. So. Yeah, that <laughs> is, that is it just uh, it sounds completely like something that he would put on his Twitter page. Well, no, I don't, I don't think he so, would be as eloquent. But by the way, that's fair, yeah. if, you guys, if you guys start on the song Echo, I'm going to lose my mind. All right, because that song's fucking great. So... <laughs> yo, yo, Echo, Echo is great. Echo is solid. Hollow Man wait, is solid. Like, wait, that is this a new, album, we talking about new trap songs? No, these no, are we're talking about songs. the first trap yeah. album. Oh, oh, okay. I'm like, what? This the is first more songs than Headstrong? I'm so glad somebody else can. Yeah, well, fuck Headstrong. That song's overrated anyway. But yeah. like, there are so many other songs on that album <laughs> that could have done that, that are just so much better than Headstrong. Yeah. That album is so solid. I. Like, I get it. Chris Brown is a bigot. He's an asshole. He's a piece of shit. I'm not defending Chris Brown, but that first album is solid. Do not tell me otherwise. (laughs) Seriously. And you know what? And that goes off on another tangent, believe me. But I should say this just out loud one more time. The same joke over and over again saying that Trapped had one song is absolutely untrue. So people need to get off of that part. They They can hate him all they want, but at least be factual. You know what I mean? That's, no, that's I agree. Sure. No, I agree. You can't. There's literally. You can't. You can't make a living off one song. It's just that. It's just not. It, it's not a thing. So I agree. No, they had. They had like a good. I mean, I think it was realistically only like two really good albums from like the early two thousands. Yeah. But like they had a decent run until. I mean, I don't know what the hell happened to Chris. <laughs> Brown, to be honest with you, but like, they, they could have been. They could have probably went to a Trump came rally. back. That's what happened. Right? They had a little Bermuda Triangle period. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I, I think we're learning. Happened. We're learning the most about Quay here. He is a. He's a trap fan. <laughs> <laughs> you I like him. the first album You're of Trapped. I, I like Quay's the first album of Trapped. For a few years now. <laughs> Their self-titled is solid. Like, legit. Are you re- are you going to tell me that I'm wrong? No, yeah, I I'm can't. Trapped's glory hour is over. <laughs> <laughs> I opened up a can of worms. I bought back clothes now. <laughs> Quake, we keep talking about that. We're going to have to owe them more money for this spot. Okay, we have to stop. That is true. Oh, that's true. <laughs> this but, is all an underground trapped fan podcast. I'm trapped you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. We are trapped fans. We're trapped here. We're trapped. <laughs> But anyway, I just answer the original. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that original guy. To answer the original question, yeah, short and sweet. Nah, I, Uh, I think it goes. Um, I think it goes band to band. Honestly, I, I think, I think the usage of the the things that go on around you and abusing them to your gain, it's definitely a real thing. There's. I'm not going to call any names because I a, don't want to cancel anybody and a, don't want to get shit for it. Um, but there's definitely artists that will take, you know, personal situations, especially off of how 
teenagers feel how they go through the you know how let's say like like high school feelings like everybody like say high school goes through a lot of depression they go through a lot of mental growth and these these bands they first of all they've they've gone through it so they know what it's like so i'm not going to say they don't but they definitely will market it towards their own personal gain rather than rather than uh using their music as you know, therapy or as a, as a medication rather than trying to find a dollar out of it. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I can think of a bunch of bands off the top of my head that I've definitely said on the other shows, but I'm not going to put that on you guys because <laughs> that would be, yeah. I don't want to get you guys in trouble, but yes, I, yeah, I it's, totally it's super band to band for sure. Yeah. Is that the way the rest of the band feels as well? Hey, can you guys hear me? Hey guys, can you hear me? Hello. Hey, that was really weird. That was really weird. That was very strange. Nothing literally didn't touch anything. I was laughing, and then I asked you guys the question, and then it was just, <laughs> it was nothing. The last part was I said, what about the rest of the band? Yeah, okay. Well, that's uh, yeah. Out. Okay. Oh, damn, we were talking about Trapped more. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've ever wanted this show to be about. It's just <laughs> Okay, so like... Yeah, quite a good answer. I think... It is imperative to understand that each band writes and approaches things differently. Yes. So in one element, in one aspect, I do absolutely agree that some bands will utilize that in an, more or less reiterating what Bryce said. I do agree that a lot of bands will attempt to like cater to that for the sake of, you know, money. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that putting a blanket statement over something like by saying that only writing depressive music makes people kill themselves i mean i had, i i just really could not disagree more because right. i can tell you having listened to bands like jesus like fucking youth forever where they literally say him in a song that like he's gonna give suicide a try right. you know i can tell you that songs like that have honestly in some weird way comforted me and made me feel almost more comfortable in my skin because it helped me understand that somebody else feels the same way and especially when it's in a musical sense because it's like this person has felt the way that i have felt before but look what they're doing with it look what they're doing with this energy look what they're doing with that feeling so like sure and ensure in one aspect i'm I'm positive that somebody somewhere has taken a very negative feeling from a song that's written depressively. And on another hand, I'm positive that, you know, speaking specifically from personal experience, but I'm sure in plenty of other circumstances, you know, people could take something good from that. Like just because it is written in like a negative aspect, that doesn't mean that something positive can't come from that. Right. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. I don't know if you guys ever saw it, but I know there have been a couple of studies done that have shown that people that like kids that grew up listening to metal music that are now adults are actually more adjusted to real world situations and actually have less issues that a lot of other people that would grow up listening to pop music or country or something. They deal with problems better than people that listen to other styles of music. It makes sense. I think I think a lot of it goes on modern parenting uh because a lot of a lot of parents don't want to have those conversations with their kids you know parents you know it's not it's not totally the parents fault because every parent just wants their you know they have the vision of their kid just being 100 percent happy being go lucky not having to worry through life so sometimes they take that they take that uh thought in too much and it Cover it puts a blanket over the underlying issues that are you know that our children are having. Yep. And the kids, the kids aren't hearing that from the people they need to hear it from. So it's like these bands are almost like secondhand parents, you know, with their lyrics, and they're getting they're getting the knowledge and the actual talks they need to get. There's somebody talking about their own experiences or talking about the world and how everybody's affected through this certain thing that this person's going through, you know, they're, they're hearing it in one way or another. It's where it's not just a thought rolling through their head. It's uh, something out loud, something, something physical that is actually 
going towards them rather than just staying in them. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. I remember being in middle school, I think, and my dad was driving me around and I asked if I could use a CD player and I put in Taproot's album, if anyone remembers Taproot. Taproot's sick. Yes, I do. Yeah. Still love, still love Taproot. So I put in, I put in Gift, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and I was playing that. And my dad just, I remember him looking over to me, just going, "Why do you listen to such sad, depressing music?" I just, I didn't have an answer at the time because I didn't understand. But I know why I listen to that stuff. It makes me, it actually makes me feel better about the situations that I'm in. So that's that's the answer I was able to give him later, and he understood more about what. You know, why my my music phases have never changed. I, you know, I went through a rap phase in the beginning of my life and then I went to scene music and I haven't stopped since. This is where I am. You know what I mean? It's not going to change mm-hmm. anything. And then I get to have a podcast where I get to talk to great bands like you guys and it makes me feel even better about my musical choices. Yeah, man. Hell I- yeah. I, I couldn't agree more uh, as just just rehearsing on it. Because I've, you know, my dad, he got me onto heavy music himself. Like he was oh. always a metalhead. But my mom, you know, she she was definitely the straightforward, you know, country country goer. Uh, sure. Did not under he, she hears she hears hard rock bands. Like if I showed her a band like Breaking Benjamin, yeah. she would look at me like I'm the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so like i i can relate with that 100 percent. but Push yeah i have twain back on yeah yeah exactly that's i think that's one I of my agree, mom's man. favorites too yeah <laughs> oh, everybody funny. needs a little bit of kanye 20 <laughs> i think it's a country guy. guy i don't know it sounds like <laughs> <a name. laughs> it's that's the dude that's in our family guy like yep. five times that's the only uh, way yeah. i know yep. ladies and gentlemen <laughs> Yep, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Good, good. I'm glad somebody got that because that's where I was thinking of it. Good yeah. job, Bruce. Thanks. <laughs> well, let me let me tell you guys. So I can't believe it. We're already at an hour, which is pretty crazy. This this flew by, and I wanted to mention to you guys because I I realized I didn't even say it at the beginning of the show, but I really really love Lifeless. This was a great, I got to listen to it multiple times before being able to talk to you before it came out, you know, or is going to come out on Friday. And we actually, with my co-host of the other show, we actually did a review for it and we both loved what you guys did. I think it's going to be one of our favorite EPs of the year for sure. And I guess one of the next questions to kind of get us back on track is what really, and it's kind of cliche, but... What is next for you guys? I know, you know, by the time this comes out, Lifeless will have already been out. You will have already done the Twitch stream and everything. You would have, uh, you know, I'm hoping to tune in on that on Friday as well. But what really Mm -hmm. is next for you guys? Do you guys start writing right away or do you take a break? Um, I don't think we want to give too much away, (laughs) but let's just say uh, things as far as... As far as content goes, there's gonna be a lot of it. Okay. There's gonna be there's gonna be a good chunk of content that is in development and on the chart on the list of things to do. So yeah, it's quite possible it'll be even in 2020. So there'll be a lot of goodies. Oh, very. Nice. There's gonna, yeah, there's gonna be some stuff. There's gonna be some good stuff. Yeah, but I think we're gonna we're, try and do way more live streaming after this. Um, nice. you know, I've been tr- I've been looking to get into that as as a drummer specifically uh, before we we even started talking about what we're gonna do on Friday, which is a live performance, kind of hanging out, you know, doing some activities, some giveaways and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm probably gonna do a few playthroughs of the record at some point. Maybe maybe I'll do a better playthrough along those lines. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just wait until Bryce taps me on the shoulder and he goes, I need you to write the drum parts. <laughs> it is yeah. time. Um, to kind of touch on that, um, twi- I think you're going to see a lot more usage from us with uh, Twitch. Okay. I For, for me right now, because as much as we don't want to hear it, realistically, the touring market and shows in general, probably aren't going to open back up until... Next year. I don't want to say it until not even next year, maybe late 2022, you know, or not late 2022, but maybe like early 2022. Yeah. yeah. So 
I think I think what you're gonna start seeing is it's gonna be it's gonna be an internet market, you know. A lot yep. of the, a lot of people are gonna start doing like uh, internet concerts, and I think what you, so you're gonna see a lot you're gonna see a lot of that from us. Whether it's uh you know Monday nights you have Quay playing a song, doing some Q and A's. Tuesday nights you have me playing guitar, Matt doing drums the next day, vice versa. You know, having some fun things planned here and there. Yeah. But I I think that's gonna be one of the things you see from us a lot as far as uh, extra content goes. We're definitely going to be using Twitch a lot more for sure. All right, guys. Well, I think that that is a perfect place to end right now. As we mentioned, we're a little bit over an hour and we talked off air about all the options of things that we can definitely do in the future. But we definitely want people to go out, listen to Lifeless, really get into it. As you guys might hear later when the show comes out where we did the review, my co-host and I, we were blown away. We love this EP. And I really hope the best for you guys with this because I I see I'm hoping that that partnership with We Are Triumphant really gets this music into, you know, into the ears of people that need to hear it because I think you guys deserve it. This is just a really like knock it out of the park release. So I wanted to thank you for that. And then also ask right now, obviously, I'm going to have links in the description of this episode so that people can go get merch so that they can follow you on social media, you know, the ones that you have. They can at least follow those. And then the question would be for right now, what is the best way for people to support you guys? Did I lose you guys again? I've never had this kind of problem with Discord before. That's so weird. Yeah, I don't know. I'm telling you, man. Trap's personal FBI agent has tapped into our interview. <laughs> you put the microwave between your router and your phone, bro. Oh man! Wow, yeah, they don't. They do not like me talking to bands that have a political message. They're, they're no. There's a song about human trafficking and Oppenheimer. Get them off this. Shut them down. This is gonna, yeah. Get them out Shut of here. Down. Shut them down. Let me redo this again. So, okay. I hope you guys heard what I initially said about how fucking great the EP is. I hope I don't have to go through that again. But that was it. Was such a damn sure. good, such a damn good EP. So the question would be: I'm gonna have links in the description of the episode. But until then. What is the best way for people to support you guys? I would say um, right now yeah. we're we're still doing a uh, store pre-orders. Oh, well, I guess it would just be a uh, uh, an order after the fact at this yeah. point. But yeah. we have um, we have bundles still available for for lifeless. We have you know sweatsuits and things on Bandcamp, and those that's run directly by us. Um, so that that goes directly to us, and we'll fulfill all the shipping orders and everything there. Social media wise, we're on Facebook and Instagram, kind of keeping the day-to-day going there with uh pictures and the twitch thing and uh event wise um uh we're gonna be streaming we're gonna be streaming a release show on oh wait is that gonna be after the fact it's gonna be after this? yeah unfortunately okay well um well if you go to our twitch channel <laughs> you can watch what what was live it, when go. i saw it when it was live <laughs> <laughs> very nice yeah man yeah, any personal plugs or anything for anything going on or any of your personal accounts on social media or anything? Uh, if you want to if you want to hang out with me, I do a lot of Twitch streaming for gaming. It's uh Seforcer plays. You can you can do Q&As with me if you want while I'm playing games. Ask about the band, why I made the channel so we could we could screw around, play video games, you can ask us all the the all the nitty-gritty questions you want. That's right. Very cool. Yeah, like how much trap do you know and how much trap do you like? <laughs> listen, I don't talk about that on air, right? No, he has a trap counter in the top of the screen, I swear. <laughs> listen, I don't have my tinfoil in my microwave set up yet, so we can't talk about these things. Very true. Yeah, they're they're trying yeah. to shut me down, so I, I totally get it. <laughs> Anyone else that I was missing before we move on? Yeah, um, you could follow me on Instagram. I'm Matt M A T T underscore Schindel. I'm trying to keep up with a lot of new drum videos, Seforcer or otherwise. Um, I found a big drumless library of a lot of songs, and I want to get into the live streaming thing too. I know a lot of people do covers and things on there, so you could start out on Instagram, and I'll be posting everything from there. A lot of videos and stuff. Very cool. Um, if anybody would want to follow me, my Instagram is Q Jones underscore Seforcer. I'm probably going to be making a Facebook page here in like the next couple weeks uh, for my covers. I'm actually wow. going to be starting doing some very regular covers, um, kind of expanding a lot of different genres. So if y'all would want to hear me 
butcher some songs, feel free <laughs> to uh, tune in or ask for the link. You can add my personal profile too, if you would like. Um, otherwise, definitely just um, keep in touch with the Subforcer Facebook and Instagram page. Um, we definitely are excited to have a lot of different people here what we've been working on and we are beyond ecstatic to hear what everyone thinks and what everyone has to say. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, I am a big fan of you guys. After all these years, I'm very glad that we were able to set this up and really go through everything. I got to learn how to pronounce names correctly. I got to learn mm. a, lot of, <laughs> a lot about the band. So I am very happy to be able to do this. It took a while, but I'm very glad, especially these issues with discord, like never happened. So that was a big uh, thing to get over, but I'm glad you guys also now all know Discord, so this will be fun. So okay. we'll have to do this, like I mentioned off air, we'll figure something out to do later on in the year, uh, you know, to go deep dive into Seforcer as well. But until then, guys, thank you so much. This was a re really, besides going over the serious stuff too, this was a lot of fun as well. Lots of jokes, so I always enjoy that very much. So once again, guys, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having of course, us. Of course, man. Thank you for thank having you us. Thank you so dude. much, bud. Yeah.